school class all those that time ago, a couple, three years. How many of you ever went to our Sunday school class that Paul and I had? In the one, two, three, four, five, six. Yes, look at all of those. Praise God. All right, I'll just pretend I'm teaching the Sunday school class and I'll feel better, okay? Anyway, I wanted to... Well, all right. I can do that. <laughs> First, I'm going to remind you about the... What, dear? I just About the new pastor that came to the church. And he preached for the first time. This little old lady came up to him afterwards and she said, you're something else. And he said, well, thank you. So he preached the next Sunday and she come up afterwards and she said, you're something else. He said, thank you again. And this happened for several weeks. And finally, about the fifth or sixth time, he said, you know, you've come and told me that every week. And I just want to know, what exactly do you mean by that? She said, well, you're no preacher. You're something else. <laughs> so let me tell you that uh, don't anybody, unless you want to hurt my feelings, come up afterwards and tell me I'm something else. Um, our son, who came over right before we came, he said, told me that joke. And I thought, oh, that's perfect. Holy Spirit, you just provide in the most strange ways sometimes. Well, after you called me yesterday, or Kay did, and told me that um, I was going to have the opportunity to teach, um, I thought, boy, that's short notice, two days. And so I started praying in the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit just started giving me notes. And I, so I just started writing them in my little notebook and all that. Uh, and then um, today, then I put them together in these notes. And sometimes when I'm looking at it, I almost thinks like, well, I'm preaching to the choir here with some of these things. But I do feel that tonight is what the Holy Spirit gave me to speak to you. And so whether it speaks uh, to everybody or one thing speaks to you, I hope. And I'm sure that the Holy Spirit has something for every single one of us tonight. Um, I heard it prophesied, and maybe some, uh, many of you did too, that this would be the year of the local church. Did any of you see that? Um, came out on Kenneth Copeland's thing. I don't know how everybody feels about Kenneth Copeland. But I saw it the night it came, and I took a picture on the TV of this little church with the light absolutely penetrating the darkness. And I loved it, and I actually found it on my phone. And if you want to see it before the night is over. And so um, if, if it's the local church, it's the local congregation, right? Is that us? Are we a local congregation? Does that include everybody here? Everybody. It's our year. If this is the year of the local church, then it is the year of the local congregation and that is every single one of us. Most of this local church group are in a season where we're retired from a job that we did most of our lives. I don't know if that applies to everything. I don't think our little Missy over there has retired yet. She's out busy taking care of the rest of us. And a time, and we're also at a time when most of our children are adults. But being past those season doesn't mean we don't have a purpose. 
And most of us have a specific purpose in our lives and possibly don't even realize it. We all, even at this age of us, we have a purpose. And there are some really good examples in the Bible of people that were late in life and had God seasons. One of them was Moses. We all know that. He didn't start his biggest job until he was 80 years old. There's a whole lot of people in this room that haven't gotten there yet. Maybe some that have. And then, what about Caleb? His purpose was delayed because of someone else. But in Joshua 14, 6 through 13, it tells about what happened to him. His purpose was delayed, but God still accomplished his purpose at the age of 85 and completed that. That's just two examples of that. My purpose right now is very unlikely. I'm talking about my book, Evolution Evaluated in the Biblical Worldview, and I have a release date, which is October 6th, which I'm excited about. And Satan says to me at times, who do you think you are doing this? Who in the world do you think you are, lady, doing this? And I really don't know what's going to exactly happen with that book. But I definitely feel like it was the Holy Spirit who gave it to me. And it's part of my purpose for this season in my life. I thought about it, I started thinking about it over a year ago. And then just things progressed and progressed. Um, how the, our education system is so void of anything but evolution and atheism these days and what is done to Christianity and the church and our society. Am I the only one that God's raised up for this particular purpose? I don't think so. I'm just about, if, if it's the body of the local church, if it's the time for the local church, then he's probably lifted up people all over the nation with the same purpose that I have in this. And I know Gail and Bill um, are both, can both identify with what I'm doing because they have, they're both into this whole thing big time. And Gail was such a help. He, took my, he made wonderful notes all over it. Him and Paul are the only ones that have read that book so far. Uh, but most of it, uh, I think the first eight chapters is what Gail gave me all the, uh, all the uh, notes on. But here's what I want to find out from each one of you. What's burning in your heart? We all have a different purpose. We all have an assignment that's different from each other. And there's no age limit on it. And then, when those things come up, do you hear Satan saying, well, you're too old. It's too late for the United States. You're too sick. You can't do it. It's too hard. And you're too tired. Anybody identify with any of those reasons that Satan gives you? Oh, you all like that. You're too tired thing, don't you? And there's a thousand other reasons that he comes up with. But do you realize we all still have a purpose? And I pray that no one... No one in this room has lost hope of having that purpose. 
And if you don't know what your purpose is, I'm wanting each one of you to start asking Holy Spirit, I'm still on this earth. What is the purpose that you still have for me? Because there is a purpose for every one, uh, one of us, every one of us. And uh, while we're talking about that, um, I just want to ask a few of you, you can volunteer, just four or five, who know what your purpose is right now in this time. Because it's our testimony for each other that gives us encouragement. We're here to encourage each other tonight. Just not coming from me, but the song that we sang and uh, just the words that we speak to each other. We want to be an encouragement to each other. So who would like to volunteer and say, right now, I know what my purpose is. And don't make me wait forever. <laughs> okay, what do you think your purpose is? Well, I really think that these two groups God has given me such a love and passion for to be sure that the details are taken care of and that we can stay together and we can continue to meet no matter what. And I love doing it. I love doing the details. So that's what immediately I thought. I had never thought about it until you said that. And I thought, that has to be it for right now because that's all I've got. All right. We all have seasons. And this is a season right now. And you all know you've, most people in here have lived long enough. You've already been through a bunch of seasons. But right now, this season, what is your purpose? Joe, tell us. Uh, I am rediscovering the simplest commandment that Jesus had talked about when he said, Love the Lord thy God with all of your heart. What does that really mean, practically? Mm-hmm. What does it really mean? And I've discovered that ultimately it depends on my obedience more than anything else. That's good. That's good. Who else? Peggy. Quickly. In, in this season of my life, um, God is having me help the hurting. I'm doing a lot of helping do funerals, not the funeral part, but the meal part and ministering to the families who have lost loved ones. And I find great fulfillment in, in doing that kind of thing, ministering to hurting, to hurting people. That's good. That's good. Frank, can we have a word from you? Well, I think God's kind of done dealing with me like you're talking about. I, I, I sometimes feel like I'm sort of useless. My, my time of service may be over. But I, I, I think God's still got missions on my heart, like Gary Casey the other night at his house. Mm-hmm. Uh, his ministry is, is something that I, I try to support and and, and uh, there's so many like that and, and the ministries that we're finding on YouTube there's so many 
different things going on in this world that I'm amazed that, you know, we're not, uh, the, the Christian community is strong. The, 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 the secular would like to say that we're irrelevant. We're, we're, it, Christianity is something that, that's not, not relevant today. But uh, in, in the world news tonight, there, there's Christians that we need to be praying about in Afghanistan and those countries mm -hmm. that, are, that are putting their life on the line every day yeah. for the Christian. Yes, yeah. That's kind of where I am. So if, if you're thinking of this for the first time in a while, or like Kay said, pinpointing it, what it is. I just would like every one of us in the next few days, if you just said, well, I don't know exactly what my purpose is. You have a purpose. Just ask Holy Spirit and find out what it is or what it is that he has you doing. We're going to go from that subject to this question. In this season, are we living life out of habit or out of faith? Almost every person in this room has probably been a Christian for a long, long time. I don't know for sure about some. I know Patsy just started coming to the church not all that many years ago. But the majority of people in here, you know, I, we, we said after we moved here, there isn't anybody we know that didn't go to Trinity Church sometime. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> um, and, you know, being from Church on the Rock, but uh, we, we're, we're, this is a mature group here. And uh, I just have to rely on the Holy Spirit because we got so many preachers and missionaries and, you know, and all of this in this group. I'm thinking, you know, Satan could tell me again, who in the world do you think you are sitting up here? But anyway... Is this a I feel like this came from the Holy Spirit, so I don't know who it's from, one or all of us. Are we living life out of habit or faith? And when you get in it for so long, so, so long, sometimes we just do things out of habit. That's just how we do them, and we don't any longer do things out of faith. Do we still believe this scripture? Mark 16:18 They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I'm grateful for our doctors that we have here in town and the enemy didn't didn't uh, invent doctors. And we have seen a lot of healings here in the name of Jesus. I am grateful for our group and the prayers that we have done. What about this one? And uh is it first or second Timothy? For God has not given us the spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. What is this nation full of right now? But what he has given us, power and love and a sound mind. That's what's really ours. If we're not living life out of habit, but out of faith, do we still believe that or do we need a refresher course on that sort of thing? 
How about Romans 8, 31? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared his own son, spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall we not with him also freely give us all things? How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Are we expecting that? Are we expecting that? Is our faith rising up for that? That's a tiny drop in the bucket of all the promises that we could go through. Just dozens and dozens of them. What about this one? Third John 1, 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. Are we all expecting that? Are we all expecting to prosper and be in health? Well, what's it rely on as our soul prospers? Are our souls prospering these days? Or are we just too filled with the cares of the world for it to even happen? It's been quite a few years ago that I, I figured out what the, the uh, difference was between souls and spirits. So, the soul is, what three things? All right, all together now. Mind, will, and emotions. Those three, besides our physical bodies, are the things that we have to contend with every day, don't we? Our mind, our will, and our emotions. Don't we have to contend with this? Is that only me or do the rest of you know that you have to do that too? Every day. It is vital, critical, essential, and necessary. I'll say all those words together. Vital, crucial, essential, and necessary. That we keep our minds and thoughts under control. And if we take our thoughts totally captive to the Word of God, I believe our will and our emotions will follow. Those four words. I cannot tell you how important it is. How often is it our minds that get us in trouble? We hear something and we take off in our minds. Or Satan. I know different times. I used this as an example before and I hope Paul doesn't mind, but We've lived together a long time. <laughs> but it wasn't all that long ago. He did something made me mad. And I know that's hard for you to be, believe, but he did. And Was it on the best day of his life? Yes, it was. It was one of the best days of his life. <laughs> because that doesn't affect him, only me. <laughs> but... The most evil, awful thoughts started running through my head. And years ago, years and years ago, I would have just run with it. You know, I'm thinking, yeah, dirty, rotten guy, making me mad and all that. But then all of a sudden, I knew enough about the Word of God that I thought, I stopped and said, 
Where are those thoughts coming from? Where are they coming from? And I recognized they were coming from the enemy. He was there to put a division between Paul and I. And years ago, I just would have bit right into it. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. They probably know me well enough to know how I acted. Oh, good. <laughs> good answer. Um, anyway, where was I? I've lost my place here. Um, yes, you're. But we have to. We have to have our soul prospering. And the one way we do it is Second Corinthians 10.5. It says, casting down imaginations. And that's what I had to do that day. You have to recognize where those thoughts are coming from. Every one of us are in control of our own thoughts. Nobody else is control of your thoughts. That is up to you. If you hear something and fear starts to come in, that is your responsibility to get rid of that, according to the word of God. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity, say captivity, captivity. every thought to the obedience of Christ, to the obedience of Christ. Where do we find that obedience? Where do we find what is obedience? The Word of God. That's right. In the Word of God. In every 24-hour day, there is very, very little out there to stimulate our faith. Most of what we hear from every direction is bad news. Do you agree with that today? We even torment ourselves by tuning in to the bad news on a regular basis. <laughs> It is our personal responsibility to keep our faith built up. It is each one of our personal responsibility to keep our faith built up. And it isn't always the easiest job, do you think? What does the Word of God say about faith? First of all, in Hebrews 11:6, it says this, But without faith it is impossible to believe to please him we have to have faith to please god we have to have faith to please god and this verse tells us how important faith is and how we are to keep faith built up romans 10:17 so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god that means we have to be hearing. That doesn't say having heard the word of God, does it? No. What are we doing then? We're hearing, not having heard. We have to hear the word of God and on a regular basis, not just for 30 minutes on Sunday morning that may or not, may not include the word of God. We've got to know the Word of God. And there's probably most of these people who here who know a tremendous amount of Word of God, 
But you know what? Our younger generation, they do not know the word of God. But it is a must. And Jude 1, 17 through 20. Well, let's just do 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. We want to be built up. What's it say? If we're going to be built up, what do we have to do? Pray in the Holy Ghost. If you have a prayer language, then use it. If you have a prayer language, use it. And it may be more important now than it's ever been in our lives. And then that brings me to the subject of prayer, the last subject. Oh, before I do that, here's a picture of my new book. So you can come and look at it if you want. Anyway, on to the prayer thing. We all have seasons, but prayer in our lives does not have a season. It does not have a season. It is a lifelong thing. I just talked about our prayer language and the importance of using that. How often do we not know how to pray as we ought? There's so much going on under the surface of things. We have got to rely on the Holy Spirit. We need to let the Holy Spirit use our voices. God's the one that made prayer like this. He's the one that made the prayer language. So why? He wants us to use our voices to pray for those things that we don't know how to pray for. Our voices matter. And 1 Corinthians 14.2 says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. How be it in the Spirit? He speaks mysteries. We're speaking the mysteries of God when we speak in tongues and in our prayer language. And, uh, and then in uh, verse 18 of that same chapter, this is Paul speaking. And I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. And so he thought it was important back then. And then it also talks in there about prophesying all that. But we're talking about the prayer language right now. Do you still, be, do you still believe this? The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Yes. It avails much. Much. If we really believed that, would we pray more? If we really believed that, would prayer take a higher priority? But Satan, just like he did that day when I had to take my thoughts captive and say, No, that's not my husband. My husband is a godly man. He loves the Lord. He is the leader of our family. He leads us in devotions every morning. And I just, I just spoke against those things. And so what does Satan want to tell us about prayer? Well, he tells me. I pray in the Spirit a lot. Well, that really doesn't matter. It's really not accomplishing anything. 
you know, you don't have time. Well, uh, they're getting what they deserve if you don't pray for them. And, you know, he tells you all kinds of things. Or they can't, they can't, uh, they can't help what they're doing or that'll never change. You know, Satan tells us all kinds of things. But then we get back to the word of God that says, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Maybe you're saying, well, I'm not that righteous. We are all. If we are born again, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. We're not anything ourselves. We are in Christ Jesus. And that's what matters. <coughs> Excuse me. And what about this one? This is especially for our group, this group here. Again, I say to you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. That's Matthew eighteen nineteen. Have we all been through life and Christianity long enough to think that just isn't always true? We pray two of us agree together and they didn't get healed. Two of us agreed together and something else didn't happen. We agreed for our finances and it still didn't happen and all that. So maybe we just need to get back to the place where it is faith and not habit in our Christian life. Let's just pretend like we're starting all over. And you talk about people who just get saved sometimes. Oh, they have faith for everything. Well, maybe we need to get back there. All of us need to get back to that place. How about this very group? How about this group of mature Christians renewing our vow to believe? Even when our eyes don't see it immediately. How about this group of local church members? In the year of the local church... taking our thoughts captive and renewing our minds in these last days. How about we make sure we know our purpose for this season of our lives? How about we do for the first time or once again what Jesus told the disciples in Mark 16? And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name shall they cast out devils. Has anybody cast any devils out lately? Well, I see some over there doing it, <laughs> talking about it. Yes. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents and they shall drink. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And when we pray, we need to be using the scripture as our background. Lord, you said, you said, we're going to believe together because God, you said in your word these things. We need to have the unity of the word of God in our hearts and in our mouths. Some of you may be thinking, and I hope not, but you might be thinking, she's just getting us all worked up and excited for nothing. <laughs> is that what it is? She's just trying to put us under some sort of guilt trip. 
No, no. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And I'm talking to myself as much as anyone else. And I believe this group, because of the maturity of our Christianity, that if we can get a renewal back to the Word of God and that we can get the unity of the Spirit like it needs to be, that we can agree together and expect signs and wonders and miracles in this last day. How about you? The end. And before prayer time, I would request that we, we did this once with Randy, I know, that for those